0: another pot of coffee is brewing and my fifth cup is almost finished so that means it's time for not before coffee i'm your host ray self-confessed bookworm film addict hermit long-term depression sufferer and very honest caffeine fiend And here we are. I'm not quite sure how we've managed it, but we are almost at the end of the first full week of 2021. The time is definitely starting to look as though it's going quickly. I'm not sure what that's all about. Anyway, this week is a bit of a mix-up. There will be no film review. And that is because I am going to be talking or I I actually already recorded a conversation with Sam Hurley, who you probably will recognize from movie reviews in 20 Q's. I apologize, Sam. I didn't mean to add an extra 30 to it in the interview. And we're talking about his book Compliance. Go out and get it. It's on Amazon and I will be posting the links that you can find it on below. Or in the notes. I will be talking about mental health because the Christmas period is a tough one for everybody or at least more likely tougher this year than it has been in previous ones and also I found a few new coping mechanisms that I really think might help others or at least might give others a few ideas. I also will obviously be talking about the wonder that is UK streaming services, though to be honest, there isn't much out there. Anyway, on with the show. Okay, well I am here with Sam Hurley. You probably recognise his voice from Movie Reviews in 50 Qs, which I love, so please do listen to it, though I believe they're on a break right now.
1: Uh, movie Reviews and 20 Qs, but yes, we are on a break at the
0: moment. What did I say? 50 Qs. <laughs> <I> was,
1: <laughs> so don't try and make our podcast even longer than it is. It's already long enough. <laughs> 50 Qs would go. be pretty good. But uh, yeah, no, Movie Reviews yeah. and 20 Qs. Uh, you, I obviously will be promoting your episode with well, this episode as well, which might be getting some of our listeners. But uh, yeah, that's my podcast. Uh, basically, is what it describes. We take a movie and ask 20 questions about it. We try to be a bit more comedic as opposed to art pretentiously sort of aspect you know pretty entry level for people that want to just listen to a couple of average people talk about movies that's that's our podcast
0: so son's movie reviews without pretension
1: yeah exactly that's exactly it that's exactly what we're trying none of us critics the only one on that podcast that has any knowledge about movies is me and it becomes pretty obvious that i do uh it's because everybody else on the podcast just tells me to shut up it's great
0: but don't you also have conversations where you haven't seen that yet (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly there is that there is that i do pick on some of my podcasting friends that uh just have not watched movies for some reason but yeah and are on a movie podcast doesn't make any sense sure but you know that that is what our podcast is all about
0: well i've had this i've mentioned before i haven't seen any of the toy story films
1: yes you did mention that whereas i luckily for me no one goes on the internet and i mentioned that i watched toy stories one through three on a flight from london to new york and bore my eyes out the entire time to a point that the person beside me like started like tapping me and going are you okay are you okay and i was like these these movies man these movies i'd never seen them before i was a probably 30 no 29 year old man bawling his eyes out on a public flight yeah it was great
0: well, I bawled my eyes out really badly, so badly, that I couldn't see when I came out of the cinema after seeing Onward.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's sense. They, they know how to strike you in the fields, don't they?
0: Oh, they really do. Yeah. But we're not here to discuss film today. Oh! though we probably <laughs> could. <laughs> in fact, I have got a question regarding film. Oh, absolutely. But yep. not, not film film. Okay. But we're here to talk about your new book well your first book yes compliance which I am so close to finishing and seriously it is fantastic and I I I don't give masses of praise if you look at my good reads it's like three star two star maybe a four star oh I've changed my mind that's going to be a two star (laughs) I am I'm I don't damn with faint praise it is really good it had me from the beginning in fact Christmas day I'm reading it and my mum's saying Come on, you've got to go and have your shower. We're going in a minute, and I'm sitting there carrying on reading. Hang on, one second. Just want to finish this chapter on Christmas Day. So we were late.
1: Awesome. Uh we've had this plan for a while and like how like how insane would this podcast be if you're like, yeah, I read it, it sucks. Uh anyway. <laughs> That would be way better. That would be way easier for me. I mean, we talked about this before we started recording. As New Zealanders, it's hard to really, like, take praise, like, give praise about ourselves, big ups ourselves, or whatever you want to call it. So when I hear that you're enjoying it and you like it and stuff, I'm like, that's great, that's great. But there's a part of me that's like, she's just lying to you, bro. But
0: I'm really not, honestly. Excellent. I was still reading it as when I was waiting for this chat to start, I was still reading it, going, "What happens next? Quick, I want to finish it." <laughs>
1: oh, so you haven't finished it yet? Oh, you might no, not like the I, ending. No, as I said,
0: I've got five. I've got five percent left to go. Excellent. And it is the twist that you've got in there is amazing. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but it is so well done. There are certain things that I read, and I was thinking, "That has to be that. There's no way this can't be happening." Oh, hang on! What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. <Yep. laughs> Did I miss something? Because there is so much happening all the way through, and the start of the book is so detailed and so spooky in a way.
1: Yes, I, I wanted it to be incredibly unsettling. That was the idea. It yeah, was one it of the was. first things when I when I was like when I started writing it, I was like, I really want this to be unsettling to the point that somebody's like engaged and wants to keep reading it because they were like, what is going on? why is this character able to do the things that he's doing, you know, and all that sort of stuff and come up with ideas. And yeah, yeah.
0: But where did you come up with the idea for the, but was there something that you saw, you heard, you read that made you think, I know exactly what I want to do? Or did you just, does it? did it develop as you wrote it?
1: It's a combination of ideas. It was, so for a long time, I've been trying to write a book. I I used, as a kid, I used to write tons. As, um, I tried writing a book when I was in my early 20s that I thought was really good, but I sent around New Zealand publishers and basically got told, our market's too small to ever make this sort of thing. Um, and then started, I've had another couple of attempts at writing books, but then this one, I, yeah, it's it's hard to describe exactly where it came from originally. Uh, it's a combination of ideas that I've had that sort of coalesce themselves into being what it is, where I I, I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but I did read an interview of someone that I found was quite interesting, which was a, which sort of, like, we can talk about this in a spoiler section of this podcast if you like, but I, I did read this thing where it was, like, they are talking about how being a hero and being a bad guy is very much a, a like, it's just perspective, really. Like, it, it has no real sort of original meaning. And so people that we often think are heroes is just the way that history's been written from those perspectives, whereas, like, if it was rewritten from somewhere else, you might actually look back on some of these people and think they they weren't heroes. So... I like the idea of like a hero's journey and that's kind of what this book is because it is basically about one guy going around the world and recruiting all these people to sort of take down an evil organization which I think sounds really stock standard and has been done a million times before in films and books and all that sort of stuff but I wanted to subvert the genre a bit by having these characters that basically you never really know their true intentions or motivations and then as the book goes on it becomes a bit more clear as to why they're doing what they're doing. And so I just liked that idea. I like that idea of taking a story that's pretty well worn, but then just putting my own unique spin on it. So I guess that's where the sort of inspiration came from.
0: Where did you get the idea for the characters? Because you've got such a diverse number of characters. And as you said, the main character travels all around the world to recruit them. Yeah. But every single one of them is different, even though some of them have very, very similar skills. They all, you could literally go. Well, that person is nothing like the person sitting next to them, even though their skills are very similar. Yeah. Their characteristics are so different.
1: Yeah. it's This is going to sound so weird, but I literally sat down and started writing and they all came out. It was like they were already built into my head before I even realized it. And it sounds like I I read an interview of the girl that wrote um, Eat, Pray, Love, and she basically said the same thing where she sat down and then the book came out and then it became successful. I don't want to compare myself to a highly successful author, but at the same time, I like... Legitimately sat down and I was like, okay, how many characters do I want that would be in this book that would play, that need to do the roles and functions that they're going to have to do at the end? And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to need this, this, and this. And then part of me is really logical, so I was like, okay, if these characters are going to be in this, then they all need their own motivations for why they would leave their home and travel across the world and do what they're doing so in one case i was like okay so what would this guy's problem be okay he's got no money okay what would this girl's problem be okay she um you know is terrified of her government terrified of everything that happens to her sort of thing okay so why would a new zealander want to leave the country and that was the easiest one to write about because there is a character from new zealand and i'm from new zealand so this was very easy for me to write about and i was like what how what would it take for me to want to lift you know like sever my roots with this country and just go across the world and i was like well you know if if your wife left you that would probably be pretty horrible and i was like okay sweet that can be his like motivation and desire and stuff like that and then as i went on i started i started writing some characters and they've changed a lot like they've changed a lot like john the english character he's changed a hell of a lot from what, what he originally was um olga the russian character was also made her a little bit more tougher on the exterior but softer on the interior sort of thing there was it was just it was it was bizarre for me because literally it took me three weeks to write hundred and twenty thousand words. They just all came out and at the end of it I went back and went Is this garbage? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like I legitimately was like, Who's gonna wanna read this? So as it as it went on, I actually found myself finessing the characters a lot more to actually make them a little bit more believable. And then I wanted them, as you mentioned, to be so different from each other. So that even if, they, like, there's two that are former South African army, and I wanted them to be similar in a lot of their natures, but I wanted them to have these clear differences and clear motives, motives and inspirations, and what drives them. And so I was like, the best way to do that is to make them so different from each other. You have such a like a grace, like a base grounding for each of them, so that you can still see that you know they come from the same place, but they're so different. And I guess the inspiration from that is. Basically, like like anybody that works an office job knows that aside from the carpet that you share, quite often the people that you spend an entire day working towards a common goal, you've got nothing in common. You've got <laughs> very little in common. Like you, one or two of you might be into the same sports, one or two of you might be into the same type of movies and stuff like that. But quite often you have very little in common. So that was pretty much the basis for the idea for these characters.
0: That's the thing that I mean. One of the things I found interesting was you mentioned the South Africans, and it's almost like one of them is very much the support network for the other yeah yeah while the other and the first character is much less sure of what he's doing in that he has so many doubts
1: yeah yeah i i liked that like the older one used he's like he's sort of i don't know and maybe this is based on my own age and stuff like that i made him a bit older because i feel like once you get to your late 30s you become a lot more sure of yourself and sure of what's happening And so when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want you to go do this, you just tend to be more believing of that. Whereas like when you're younger and in your 20s, which Damien is, I feel like you're a bit more, I don't know, I think you're a bit more radical and I think you can sort of ebb and flow between your ideas and opinions about stuff. And like, you're also a lot more uncertain. You also, you know, want to make a name for yourself. So you can be a lot more hot-headed, a lot more charismatic in some ways as well. But yeah, and so that's why they have the notable difference between each of them. Without giving too much away, um, I can't. I can't spoil anything. No, this is my biggest no. problem. Is like, like, <laughs> ask any of my friends when it's like, hey, have you seen this movie? Oh, bro, you won't believe it. Bruce Willis is dead at the end. I'm like, what? Why would you tell me that? <laughs> you know
0: what I mean? Let me guess. Six cents. Yeah, six
1: cents exactly. <laughs> like, I, it's, I'm so horrible at it, and I literally have a sign in front of me that says no spoilers. So I'm like looking at that, and I'm like, just, just bite your tongue, just bite your tongue. Because like, man, I want to give everything away, but yeah, yeah. That's
0: the th- that's the thing though. One of the things that I found really interesting was a lot of the character, the characteristics, and the character development was actually through a third party.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It was observations made by the character who knows them really, really well. And he was the one that threw me the most to start with. And then I started thinking, hang on a second, how does he know all this? He is this mysterious, overarching character. And you think, how does he know that?
1: Yes, yes.
0: That would really unnerve me as an individual in the book. It's like, how does he know all this about me? Has he been reading my diary?
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because it's,
0: it's almost like that. He... I was writing notes because I read it all on my Kindle and I was writing notes as I read through and one of them was as you say the title is Compliance it's he gains compliance by giving them what they want yes and it's like how does he know what they want and part of it reminded me of the mice in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy
1: yep yep love that book yep yeah same here a, maybe a couple of parallels between my book and that book yep
0: <laughs> but it, that was almost what it was like they were he was manipulating them into doing things his way
1: yes and so that became like the the name of the book is almost a spoiler in a way because it's like what would it take for you to save the world and so for and as if you read it you're like oh you know if somebody offered me money somebody offered me a sense of purpose in my life if somebody um, wowed me with the celebrity factor and I felt like I was doing something that was serving a greater good, all that sort of stuff. There's like those aspects. But all it really comes down to is compliance. And it's this guy basically comp- forcing, well not forcing, but a guy sort of offering these things to these people and just basically trying to get them to come and save the world for him. And I just loved that aspect of it. And I think that was what my biggest like desire and motivation with this was to write a book where it just basically examines the human psyche and examine what it takes for us to do stuff that we would normally wouldn't do. And, you know, and we'll get into a spoilery section about that, but, I mean, it's it's for anybody around the world that's done something that's crazy and amazing and all that sort of stuff and outstanding, it's like there's been people around them that have motivated them, that have convinced them to do it, that, you know, have stopped them from giving up and stuff like that. And that's basically what this book was all about, yeah.
0: It's almost as though you can hear their brains ticking, when they're being offered whatever it is they're being offered in order to do it. You can almost see them thinking and processing all of the things that they're being offered. I mean, the character from London, as you said, he is probably the easiest one to manipulate. Yeah. Because he's not being given anything so much. And well, actually, so is Olga, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. They're both they're both being given something but not being given something at the same time.
1: Yeah so john for the longest period was actually the hardest one and it was actually about three months after i'd finished writing that i he was the one i went back and finessed the most basically he was the one after three months i was like okay i finally came up with it because originally in the book he was actually still working for the company that supplied a a, a crucial part of what is going to happen potentially at the end of the book not giving away too much but he was still working for that company and i was like but it would make no sense for him like you know like sure like when we meet him he's um on drugs and he's like you know just been in like anybody that's been inebriated before knows how susceptible you are to anybody telling you what to do so i was like so that kind of works but then i was like yeah but like why would you give up a good job and all that sort of stuff so he actually became one that was you know like his company had downsized and he'd been replaced and so he was like rapidly running out of money so when somebody shows up and says hey you know i've got this really easy job for you to do and once you do that we'll pay you and he's like sweet and then um i mean this is the first food of the book so i'm not spoiling too much but when they're like oh now we need you to do this oh now we need you to do this oh now we need you to do this it's just a slow ebbing of process where he sort of starts getting wowed and won over and decides that he will go along with this guy's plan and so yeah he was actually one of the harder ones which was funny that you say he's one of the easy ones to sort of understand so yeah i'm I'm glad i've worked that well
0: I think that because of the way that you've written him and his situation if any anybody who's been who earned good money has been made redundant knows that you live way beyond your means no matter yeah, what you earn. Yeah, yeah. So he really had sort of sort of pushed himself into a corner that there was no getting out of. Yeah. So the fact that he he was going to be easier to manipulate and persuade But at the same time, there were certain things you could see he was taking a step back and going, oh, do I really want to do this? And I liked that hesitance about him because it was real.
1: Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that was one of the things I was sort of touching on before is like, I don't like it when I watch an American movie, you know, something like Ready Player One or a novel as well, where it's like, okay, here's the hero and there's never any doubt. There's never any doubt or uncertainty or even if there is, it's like fleeting. You know what I mean? Like you watch a superhero movie and they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Oh, who cares? Yeah, I can. And it's just like, there's, and like, they just do it. They just do it anyway. They don't even care that thousands of people have died around them or anything. There's no remorse. There's no concern for what's happened or anything like that. You know, when they invade the bad guy's base and the killing henchmen they don't care that this is, these are probably just people that have jobs that go home to their wife and kids that don't realize they're working for someone evil you know what i mean like they're just normal people they're not hydra yeah, exactly they're not hydra <laughs> they're not instinct like inherently evil they're just normal people and so i wanted to make that i wanted to make that idea that actually these people do have you know like morals and ethics and stuff that they're being pushed on that they're going what am i doing like really what am i doing
0: which is made very, very clear at the beginning when the first wave occurs. Yeah. And they're, they're I don't want to give anything away. It's, it's hard not to. When, it's not, yeah, yeah. It really is hard. But when they're in the first wave with the first group yeah. and everything hits off, these people are only doing a job. And they are still victims of the fact that they're in the wrong place at the wrong time.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you can see the conscience. The con. There, he has an attack of conscience. Yeah. But he's still driven to do it. Yes. Which is. Which is why, when I was reading through, I was thinking, "Oh, they know these consequences," but. It's almost, as you said, it's the whole compliance thing. They're being very, very carefully and very cleverly manipulated. Yeah. And that's what I liked about it, the fact that you could see it happening and you, as the reader, knew what happened originally. And so do some of them because they'd seen it. Yeah. But at the same time, they're still not exactly gung-ho. No. But they're still
1: there. Yes, they're still there. And again, it's just, yeah, it's like... It's just trying to create that balance of like, well, if you, if somebody said to you, Hey, I need you to come with me. You're very special in what you do and we need you to save the world. It's like, you know, like would most of us go, yeah, sure. And, you know what I mean? No. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I'd be sitting there going, I think you've got the wrong person. <laughs> Absolutely. They might living
1: upstairs. Absolutely. Like, maybe our American listeners out there, American brethren, that typically would be those sort of people would be like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll do anything for my country. And it's just like, okay, yeah, but would you do this? Would you do that? Would you do this sort of thing? So that, that's what I wanted to write about. And just maybe that's why, I don't know, maybe it works so well is because of my New Zealand perspective of like, oh, wait a minute. If you take a step back, would you really do that? You know? So, yeah
0: see that that's what i liked about it it was so real but at the same time when you reach the twist it's like that actually makes sense (laughs) sort of
1: okay so ray you've got no idea how much that makes me happy because when i wrote this book when i got like i had the twist in mind from like from day zero basically i had like well that'd make for an interesting story but how can i frame it around that but when i when i wrote it when I told my wife about it, when my friends read it, the whole time I was thinking, "Is this stupid? Is this really, really stupid?" Because it's it's like, does it? I need to have it happen organically in a way that feels refreshing. Because I hate movies where you, or you know or books where you get to the certain point where you're like, "Oh, come on." That's just stupid. You know what I mean? And I wanted it to be organic and I wanted it to make sense. Like I wanted, if you'd read the first part of the book, there's a lot of foreshadowing. There's some that a lot of people will pick up on. There's a lot that other people won't pick up on that when you read it again, you'll go, ah, oh. but, <laughs> but there is a lot of foreshadowing of it. And I wanted it to get to that point where it was just like, wow. Yeah.
0: That's the thing. I actually, I, w- when I was reading through it, all I could think was I knew it, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs>
1: that's great so you like we talked about this before the podcast you actually got the right answer there's uh, in in a way
0: but i don't know how in
1: in a way yeah 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 but there's it's like hilarious for me the number of people that have read my book and then will message me halfway through and go what the hell's up with this and i'm like i'm not why would i tell you that why would i tell you that you know why
0: who was your favorite character to create in all of this though uh
1: olga Olga was easily my favorite. Olga's actually based on a real person, um, and it's, well, not really. We I went on a cruise from Copenhagen to Saint Petersburg with my wife, and when we got off at the other end, we met a young girl named Olga who was our tour guide who walked us around Saint Petersburg. And there was something about her that I was like just stuck with me. I don't know why, but there was just something about her that she had this like personality where she was just like cold and distant, but at the same time, she was incredibly passionate about stuff. So. Like, you know, we're just like walking along talking to her and she was just like, oh yeah, that's that, that's that, that's that, that's that, that's that. I was like, oh, cool. What's your favorite landmark? Well, actually, I really love this one because blah, 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 blah. And then we'd go through all the history and stuff. And it was like, yeah, you're kind of cool. So I like that weird dichotomy. And I found writing her easier i also i also enjoyed writing ryan the new zealand character because i was like this is just the opposite of me you know what i mean like this is (laughs) this is not who i am and so i got to write that and the the joy of writing that one is the number of people that read my book and they're basically like oh do you see yourself as ryan i was like no (laughs) he's like the worst version of me no i don't see myself as him
0: yeah ryan is so lacking in any kind of confidence yes. in himself, and he's he's been so downtrodden. Yes, I felt sorry for him, so sorry for him all the way through. Yeah,
1: um, I also loved writing the South Africans and John. John, like we're talking about how he's been laid off and stuff like that, which is obviously at the start of the book. Uh, that happened to me. I was living in the UK. I had a really well-paying job, and then the global financial crisis hit, and my job and a million other jobs went, and I ended up going from earning reasonable money to earning like next to minimum wage as a gardener for my friend's gardening company. And I did that for seven months in a lovely English countryside. And like the whole time I was just like, just like, oh, I can't believe this has happened to me. I can't believe this has happened to me. Like, I'm, you know, I can't afford anything that I used to be able to afford. I'm not able to go traveling or do anything, which I probably shouldn't be talking about traveling after what's going on at the moment. But, <laughs> you know, like there was like a lot of, a lot of stuff that happened to me that I was like, this sucks. And then, so yeah, writing John was like that as well. I think if I see myself in any of the characters, I think John is probably the closest I come to. I just find him just this, like, you know, like, always up for a laugh, but at the same time, like, it's quite a serious guy, even though he wouldn't admit to it, sort of thing. So, I like writing them. I also like writing the South Africans, because I lived a lot, I lived with a couple of South Africans, so I got to channel all the best and worst part about south african people into these characters and um i i I have got a south african friend who's read the book and has pointed out that i've used a south african slang wrong at one point and i'm just going to leave that in there (laughs) as a little bit of an easter egg for people in the future so that they can basically say you know nothing about south africans i'll be like no i've done that on purpose
0: (laughs) (laughs) well there you go at least you know that you've done it on purpose absolutely now That's that's it though, it is the way that you created these characters to be almost, they merge into a cohesive group, Mm. but at the same time they are all individual, they are very, very different, their motivation is very different, and they all have little tweaks of doubt, though some obviously more than others. Did you want them to have that doubt, did you actually write it well when you wrote it obviously you did (laughs) intend it to be that way but did you intend for them to have that very very clear that person is going to be totally against this from the start
1: yep yeah it's almost like they have a sort of like a ranging scale of like okay this one fully fledged believes the idea totally believes in the cause or whatever um and then that's like Anika and Lena I was like those those two are going to be so wowed by what it is and what they're doing that they're just going to be so wholeheartedly into this whereas i wanted to have damien at the other end because i wanted there to be someone that is you just want that dichotomy you don't want or that scale really of people and their different beliefs and all this sort of stuff and it's it's like i've played on lots of rugby teams i've like worked in different jobs and stuff like that there's there's the people that do like there's 20 percent of the staff that do 80 percent of the work and oh no i do about 60 percent of the work and then there's you know 60% of the staff that do the other rest and then there's 20% that do nothing and that's sort of what I wanted one of them to be like in this where it's like you have that range of people that have you know different views and different beliefs and at the same time different motivations and just you know and it's it's, it's some of the interactions I had between some of them are really good like I feel like um you know like it's, there's a pairings that happen between the characters that you slowly gets revealed and I feel like if those pairings hadn't happened I don't think those people might have potentially stayed or might have potentially uh, have happened to them what has happened. And I can't say anything more than that because it's spoilery, obviously. Nope. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's stuff like that. that yeah. I was trying to create that, um, you know, that sort of cohesiveness amongst them by starting off at a peering level and then using that to funnel up to a greater good, basically.
0: That's the thing. I mean, you mentioned Anika and she is, this is her first time away from home. Yep. And she's obviously wowed by the situation and everything. Was her character difficult to write as a. She's in her early 20s, isn't she? Yes, she is. Yes. And she's never been away from home. And she's obviously homesick at certain points. Did you find her hard to write? Yes. (laughs)
1: She, uh, (laughs) she, She was like, she's a young girl from India. I was like, sort of writing her, and I was like, I've never been a young girl from India. How can I even understand or begin to come to grips with what her perspectives might be about this idea? And I suppose a lot of her writing is from me leaving home when I was very young, well, not young, but when I was in my early 20s and moving to the UK and um, ending up in a whole different world, even though obviously quite a lot of things are similar, it was still going over there. And we all speak the same language. Exactly, we <laughs> all speak the same language and stuff like that. So there, there is a lot of similarities. But yeah, for her writing it, I was like, she definitely became one of the harder characters to write because again, yeah, it's just, I'm, I've never lived through her experience and stuff like that. But at the same time, she was kind of fun because you got to have a little bit more fun with her and use her as a red herring. And I guess that's the best way to describe it without giving away too many spoilers. But Giving everything away. Yeah, I got to ha- have her be almost like a, a different perspective that when you link back into that, it's almost like a refresher as it goes along. It's just like, okay, well, how would she feel about all this? And then you see what she's seeing, which is a lot more, like there's a naivety about her, but at the same time she gets to be a lot more... Sort of like focused on the larger picture, as opposed to some of these characters, which are just like looking at one end goal and just sticking to that. Yeah,
0: I think one of the things I noticed is earlier, before the big reveal, there is that very very small conversation that is quite significant when you know what the reveal is about faith.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: How careful did you feel you had to be when you wrote that? Very careful.
1: <laughs> 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 Understatement <laughs> of the year. Very careful. There is. Uh, there is some religious aspects to my book that might be revealed later in it and it's hard not to write about something like that without feeling like you're making a mockery of religion when that's not what I'm trying to do. It's trying to... Sort of describe the ways that we can. Oh, I can't say it without spoiling. I'll oh, we'll save it for later. <laughs> no,
0: but what you but you what you can say is, I mean, there is that scene earlier on, and you have the characters discussing faith. Yes, and it is that every single person in that room is very, very different, has very different perspectives because you've got Lena who grew up in a mixed religion household yep. that didn't really practice anything. And then, of course, you had Anika, who had a very, very strict religious upbringing. Correct, yeah. So you had the very contrasting beliefs. So were you focusing more on her when you had that conversation, or were you thinking about the multiple faiths? Because, of course, Lena was Catholic and Jewish. Catholic and
1: Jewish, yes, that's correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, there was – I was trying to throw that in there a little bit as – potential foreshadowing for a later reveal in some ways but at the same time i wanted them to have like a a grounding and a faith and a belief in like a larger idea because it it makes it easier or i feel like if someone's got a religious belief and maybe they've turned away from religion but they've always had that faith belief it might make them easier to hear an idea and just go with it if you know what I mean, so it's like it's, it's yeah. already susceptible within them and within their psyche. So yeah, that was that was definitely one of the aspects I was because trying to she, put in there
0: because she does say, "Do you not believe in God?" Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that is a that is a really I always find that it is one of those questions that is greeted with a, oh, "What are they going to say?" Because you don't want to offend anybody, but at the same time, you've got to be true to the characters that you've created. Yes, it was, and also yeah. true to yourself as a writer. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely atheistic, or atheist, um, but I...
0: <gasps> <laughs> Having said that, I'm agnostic, so...
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's definitely my belief, but at the same time, it's... Well, maybe, yeah, maybe agnostic, because, I mean, there's, like, no one knows. And I think that's probably the hardest part about uh, religion and faith and stuff like that, is when you hear somebody who's, like, wholeheartedly believing something, like an, an extremist view of a religion, you're sort of like, well, okay... The same, you know, like you, you're allowed to your own opinions and beliefs and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, for me personally, I just, I've just i got no idea. I've got no idea. And, you know, maybe maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? You know?
0: So do you plan a Well, I was going to say, do you plan a sequel? <laughs> but do you plan another book?
1: Oh, see, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I mean, running a podcast, writing this one, having a wife and a kid, that obviously are the biggest priority out of all of those, uh, as well as a full-time job. It's, it's hard. At the same time, I've got like two more books that could follow after this if i wanted to when i originally wrote it like star wars is one of my favorite films of all time the original trilogy and star wars on itself sits alone perfectly at the same time empire strikes back and return of the jedi do feed into that original film and but at the same time you could you could watch star wars on its own and be like that was a good movie and you never have to watch any other of the films but I like so that for me is when I wrote this book I mean you haven't finished it yet but it ends in a way that is open to sequels potentially if you really want to and I do have ideas for them in my head however I I don't the thing is like I don't love the ideas of where those two books could go whereas when I was writing this book I was like I know exactly where this is going to go and it was done you know it just all came out and it was like that was so easy and so I don't like if this book turns into a wild success maybe that would spur me on to do it but at the same time i i hate it when um like film directors uh and uh, like producers and stuff like that actually take films and just basically cash in on the fact that the first one really good and i don't want to do that um, i don't I'm, want to try and be I'm, like that
0: i'm thinking of a certain film when you say that yeah yep the matrix yep
1: yep great example
0: uh, the two sequels were absolutely 100 percent unnecessary yes.
1: Exactly, so that is a great example, like, yeah, the original Star Wars trilogy is probably a good example, the Matrix trilogy is probably a bad example, Uh, the other one that immediately springs to mind is the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, where they started making Spider-Man 3 the second Spider-Man 2 got released, and they basically said, we're going to release it by this date, and then Spider-Man 3 turned into a complete mess, and even the film director Sam Raimi basically said, you know, like, if I had my chance again, I'd tell Sony to go screw themselves, i actually want the time to do this right, and yeah, yeah.
0: Which is why I'm a bit scared about the next one. Oh,
1: same. Yeah, terrified. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The minute they started saying, and this character, and this one, and it's like, oh,
1: crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Is this going to turn into Matrix Revolutions or Spider-Man 3? Exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) So bad. If you have created this perfect vessel for your storytelling, the last thing you want to do is add something just because someone expects it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. So I've got three other books that are sitting in the back of my head waiting to come out and none of them have anything to do with this book. However, one of them I feel like could be a very loose tie in with one of um <laughs> uh with one of one of our friends favorite one of my real good friends Emily Higgins of the Tasteless podcast, one of her favorite characters is Kate Delacroix. She loves this like Flamboyantly stupid American <laughs> celebrity that's like incredibly beautiful, fake French. Yeah, yeah, fake French, fake it just everything, fake everything basically. And she loves that character. And I, I was thinking about writing a, a thriller set in Hollywood. Um, and I was like, I could use Kate Delacroix as a character, and that'd be kind of cool. Would be a loose tie into this original book and all that sort of stuff. But then, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I've I've got other books that I really want to write, and I feel like I should get those out of me first, and then come back to this one and write potentially write a sequel when i feel like i'm totally in love with where i think it could go so yeah
0: who inspired you with kate Delacroix? because as i was reading as i was reading it there was one particular singer come very crap actress that sprang to mind was it madonna especially when you were would- yes <laughs> <laughs> i actually wrote is she based on madonna uh, because yeah. it was the fake french accent and the fact, oh, well, I lived in, I lived here because she did that when she lived over in the UK. Yes,
1: I was wondering if anyone would pick up on that. So you're the first to spot that it was Madonna was one of the bases. So I, I wanted, what I pictured her in my mind is Kate Beckinsale in terms of looks, like this just amazingly gorgeous woman but it. I don't. I don't to be too mean about Kate Beckinsale. But at the same time, like, <laughs> like. But Kate isn't getting nominated for Oscars or anything like that. Like she's a gorgeous woman. Like that's it. Like she's a gorgeous woman. And then I had a, a kind of like the sinisterness of Angelina Jolie. I think that's the best word to describe it. Where Angelina Jolie, there's something unsettling about her. So it's like very much like. So like you know like if Angelina Jolie showed up at my front door and was like hey I need you to come with me I'd I'd probably explode but yeah I'd, I'd still I'd still probably go with it you know what I mean I'd probably be like yep sweet bye bye wife bye daughter but at the same time um I also like the idea of Sharon Stone I like like the sort of being around Hollywood but it sort of has this like um cynicism about her about the whole way the system works and you know like a almost like a next level like oh I've accomplished so much so I don't care anymore sort of thing so it was a combination of, of quite a few famous actresses went into her. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was for me. It was the fact that you mentioned about her association with the director and how she put on this fake accent. Yes. And all I could think was, yeah. Yep. When Madonna married Guy Ritchie, <laughs> yes. she had this awful fake British accent, and it was so bad. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yep.
0: Sometimes you read a book and it's like that person's a Mary Sue. Yeah, yeah. Because they are the perfect. They are the epitome of perfection, and you think there's nobody like that that person does not exist yeah whereas even as you say even kate was elements of real because there were these little affectations that made her that way
1: yeah 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 there was i i really wanted her to be the most pretentious person i could ever create and i didn't want that to be an indictment of hollywood actresses or anything like that but there there is a level of that there is a level of like Okay, yeah, making this like ridiculous, over the top caricature of what they're like, but at the same time, ground her so that people don't go, "This character is insane. This is, just doesn't make any sense." Yeah,
0: yeah, there were those certain scenes where she was saying things, "Oh well, I'm still in demand, don't you know?" And she has this obsession <laughs> with watching her own adverts yes. and things, and you're thinking, "I can actually imagine that happening." Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the actor that said it, but he it was something like, um, "Oh, if anybody tells you, if anybody in Hollywood tells you they don't watch what they're in, they're lying." And I was like, it's so true. It's like, you can imagine these people, these famous people quite often watch their own movies or watch their own ads. And I was just like, oh my God, look at me. You know what I mean? Like they love this attention. They love this focus on them. It's like Gal Gadot recording the, um, you know, them all all singing, imagine, it's, you know, it's like, we haven't had a camera on us in a month. Quick, everyone, let's just think of a way to create attention for ourselves. It feels like oh,
0: that. I think that was probably one of the most cringeworthy moments of last yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely completely agree
0: that's the thing i mean in the nightclub with rick yes. the other actor where he's i don't need this and you're thinking oh my god everybody's been really really mean about you isn't he the one that's really crap in all those really bad films he started off really good <laughs> <laughs> there must be someone you base yes on. I,
1: I don't <laughs> want to name him but the... <laughs> but there was an actor that i i admire quite a lot of his earlier work and then since I don't know at what point he just stopped caring but he stopped caring and now all of his films he just stopped caring basically
0: It's interesting you're taking this fictitious world and placing it in the real one and still making other elements completely believable because not only do you want them to be but you've written them in a way that makes them almost meld into reality
1: Yeah, I I don't see how it's not I mean, it would be impossible for me to write a story and not have inspirations and motivations from the real world and not to incorporate them into this. Uh, Like, there are certain aspects. Like, as I said, I I met an Olga in St. Petersburg and had to bring her in. And then the same thing with these, like, motivations for these other ones as well. Like, it's impossible not to touch on aspects of my life and then bring them into characters. So, yeah, yeah.
0: I know this sounds like a seriously abrupt ending to the episode. It's not. This is not the end of the interview by any means. Sam and I chatted for hours, seriously, and there is so much left, but I figured that I would end this bit here as a teaser because we have spoilers coming up and I thought that it would make a great weekend episode so you can listen to the spoilers for Compliance maybe after you've read the book, which is available on Barnes and Noble for their Nook. It's available on Amazon, on Apple. There are so many places you can get it. And as I said, at the beginning of the episode, I will be posting all of the links where you can find the book in the episode notes, because I really do think that you'll enjoy it. It's fantastic. I really enjoyed reading it it's the first book on my Goodreads for 2021 and I think it should be on your reading list for the year as well. So now we have talked about my reading for the first few days of 2021, I'm going to start talking about the streaming services. Most streaming services are really picked up their game in the last part of 2020 probably with good reason given that many cinemas were closed people were spending way more time at home probably because they didn't have any choice so it's going to be quite interesting to see what they have in store for us in the first couple of weeks of 2021 of course january is A relatively quiet month for releases and things, though we do have the Oscars to take in nominations for February. However, January the 1st is the day when Netflix released its long list. However, a few new items are being added daily. And I'm going to start looking at what is coming out today, the 7th, all the way through to next Thursday, the 14th of January. On the 7th we have the biopic of biopic biopic biographic film of the life of Australian singer-songwriter Helen Reddy. It's named for her most famous song I Am Woman. This is accompanied by the drama Pieces of a Woman which stars Vanessa Kirby from The Crown and Sheila LaBeouf from Transformers and even Stevens. And of course, on the same day, also, we have the comedy Tag starring Jeremy Renner and Ed Helms. On the 8th, we have a limited docu-series with Martin Scorsese and others called Pretend It's a City. If you like to watch other people watching TV, then Gogglebox arrives on the series, I think it's season 5, on the 10th of January, along with the Mark Wahlberg-led Instant Family. There are a couple of documentaries to look forward to if that's your thing on the 13th and 14th. One is called Crack, Cocaine, Corruption and Conspiracy. And the other is Night Stalker, The Hunt for a Serial Killer. So if either of those sound like your thing, then you know exactly where to head. That's Netflix. Amazon is proving to be their usual stealthy selves as I discovered when This Means War and the proposal arrived on the platform at the end of last year. However, this does also mean that they aren't being very forthcoming with their releases for January. So it's really more of a case of wait and see, unfortunately, because I'd love to know what's coming up. But as soon as I hear anything, I promise I will let you know, whether that's in tweets or something on Facebook, whatever, if you want to know, I'm sure you can find it. Disney Plus is winding up the cogs in readiness for the first Marvel release we've had since Endgame and I personally cannot wait and this is obviously WandaVision. It starts on Friday the 15th of January which is the day after my next episode airs and in the interim there isn't much else but then Disney is quite quiet Though, obviously, today they formally announced the launch on February the 23rd of Disney Plus Star, which is where they'll be airing a lot more of their more adult fare, such as the Die Hard films and shows like 24. However, on the 8th of January, they are launching Marvel Legends. So there's a tiny bit of Marvel to get your teeth into before the big launch of WandaVision, their first ever Marvel TV series on Disney+. Plus. Right, mental health. <laughs> Way! We've reached that point in the show. I have taken a long, hard look at myself in the last couple of weeks. Being on my own for the whole of well, the majority of 2020, as most of us were, it gave me a chance to start thinking about how I wanted to change how I perceived myself rather than how other people perceive me. And it led me back to somewhere that I hadn't thought I'd go. That was to meditation. I do occasionally try and zone out and not think of anything, blank my mind, and just because of the way that I've always been, I like a busy head. Oh God, that sounds so weird. But I like to be thinking of things and it's very difficult for me to clear my head of anything and just focus on being. However, I have found somewhere or found something to help clear my head of all the clutter. Okay, it's temporary, but it's a start and that is guided meditation. I'm not going to give a lecture or anything else. I haven't suddenly found a guru or something. I just think that it does occasionally help to take yourself out of the situation you're in. I am constantly working in an arena where I get frustrated I think everybody has those moments where they just want to tear their hair out or they bang their head against a wall figuratively not literally speaking so it can be really hard to maintain any kind of static focus I constantly have this struggle and I'd be the first to admit that I haven't got the best patients in the world Okay, so I can sit and stare at a screen for 10,000 hours, or at least it seems like that sometimes, to edit an episode of my podcast, or to edit some audio for work, or to write an article. But it does reach a point where occasionally I want to scream. Maybe it's something someone said, or something in my head that is just battering me for for no reason other than it's there and I found that blanking it out is virtually impossible however having somebody else guiding me to a point of relaxation that sounds really strange then they haven't got a map they talk uh, guided meditation where they talk you into a calmer sense of being has started to help me I was in a situation just today, and as I record this, it's Monday, and I wanted to scream. I just couldn't believe that somebody had asked me something, so in my head, something I felt was a bit dumb. It wasn't, it probably was a perfectly logical question from their perspective, but because the answer was so obvious to me, it frustrated me and it shouldn't have done. However, I took a step back I took a deep breath I let my mind go to that place (laughs) I don't even know what the place is called Nirvana I don't know Shangri-La and I was able to relax and that is one of the things that when I get very stressed I struggle with I am not the best at relaxing by any stretch of the imagination. I never have been, and I probably never will be. In fact, I used to get massages, not every month, but every few months. And the first thing that somebody would say to me, in fact, the first thing they always said to me was, you are so tense, your neck muscles are like knots. And they are, there's no denying it. I do get very tense, I do get very stressed. And I know I do it to myself quite a lot of the time. I know that having mental health issues doesn't help. I get impatient because I think that everybody else should be able to think the same way as me, see the same way as me and know the same things that I do. I need to get to the point where I acknowledge that I am not everybody and everybody is not me. We all are different. We all have different ways of processing things, dealing with things, doing various tasks, whether that is research for an article, searching for information about a news story, sharing information with people even. I am very blunt and to the point when it comes to sharing information, not for any other reason than I don't see the point in beating around the bush when I'm telling someone something that is informa- that is informative. If I'm talking to them having a normal conversation I can drop it into that conversation and it's natural and it's not oh here's that information you asked for but if somebody asks me for a specific fact a piece of data I will just send them a this is where you find it. What's the point in sending a really long email? That may, I don't know if that makes me sound harsh or if it's just the fact that I have other things to be getting on with and I find it very important when I'm writing, reading or doing anything else to maintain that train of thought because I can get easily distracted. My psychiatrist once told me that he felt that I possibly had minor ADD purely because When I'd be talking, I would veer off on a tangent occasionally, and you've probably heard me do it on this this very show, and I would be the first to admit that I do find it difficult to maintain focus if there is a distraction available, which is why when I record this, I make sure I have my notes, I make sure I have written down key points that I want to remember, and when I am writing for work, I do exactly the same thing. Though, to be honest, I write everything by hand before I start writing anything on the computer. I'm old school that way. And all of this really is just to say that I am looking to make 2021 the year when I finally find some focus, find some balance. I know that whatever I do, be it meditation, be it yoga, long walks on the seafront because I do live near the sea whatever I do isn't going to cure me but it may help me to find some kind of peace at least or some focus. Something that creates an element of balance even if it is an illusion of sorts because as long as I can maintain the illusion I might actually have found something that helps me convince myself that I'm not a complete lost cause all the time. Granted, I get tired, I get irritable, I get frustrated, but I know that I'm not the only person. Those are normal emotions. I keep on saying normal. Those are emotions that everybody experiences at some point or another, whether it's because Joe Blogs upstairs has been vacuuming at half past 12 at night. Yes, my neighbours have done that. Or we have overflowing bins and someone decided to throw their normal rubbish in the recycling. Yes, someone did that as well. Those are little things I shouldn't let get to me because I am not in control of what other people do. I can only maintain control or elements of control over myself. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I struggle with it. But I have to acknowledge and admit that I am the only person who can change how I feel about things, I can't force other people to accept things, like things, do things. I'm not omnipotent, omniscient and omnipresent. I am a human being who is only in control of herself. And this is probably a strange but the best place to end this week's episode, if only because I am going to be back really soon with the second half of my interview with Sam and I know that by releasing it before my next full episode it's going to give you a little bit of time to go out and find compliance by Sam Hurley on whichever platform you personally prefer whether it is Apple, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can give um, Jeff Bezos a bit more money if you want to or the guys at Apple. I mean, seriously, (laughs) much of a muchness when it comes to who's got more money in the battle. I'd recommend you go out and get the book, download it, buy it, enjoy it. Honestly, it is really good read. And come back in time for the second part of my Sam Hurley interview. And of course, I release a new episode every week. So if you like what you hear, why not share it with your friends And post a review, please post reviews, on one of the many podcatchers out there like iTunes or Podchaser. You can follow me on social media at need underscore three underscore mugs on Twitter or over on Facebook at Not Before Coffee Podcast. Well, I need another cup of coffee as I've got a fair few things to do for the rest of the evening and I definitely haven't had enough. So I'm going to go and put the kettle on and until next time, this is me saying farewell.